Okay, welcome to the Key Chargers. It is uh, August 23rd uh, in the evening on a Friday, and um, I am Neil, uh, also known as uh, OU Sooners fan, and with me tonight, as always, is Justin, uh, known as Justin. Just known as Justin, I like it. We're going uh, here straight into kind of a little bit more background about each one of us. So uh, it's it's pretty relevant to tonight's uh, topic as well. We're going to go and talk about what's our what's been uh, your favorite vault tour, Justin? Uh, what format? Maybe where or whatever reason behind it? Uh, favorite. So I've been to th- technically three vault tours: Denver and then the double one at Gen Con. If you want to count that. So I really liked survival in denver uh i was a little bummed initially when they moved it from triad because i was pretty excited about playing in a triad type tournament but survival was would be my my ultimate pick for for an archon archon format uh, ultimately overall i lean towards sealed i think uh in in any sealed format if i'm going to be playing archon definitely survival there's a little too much luck maybe in, involved with with single archon it, people might end up putting a lot of pressure on themselves in each match because you know you, you don't you don't you have to go five and one or six and oh to make day two and i, I think we'll get to that in, in a couple of minutes but i'm just not a fan of for sure you know i i think archon to me is just a it's, it's match up and draw Right. I mean, you can easily get, you know, face somebody who, you know, goes four shadows on this turn, four shadows. He draws right back into on the next turn. He's played eight out of 12. And you know what the rest of the deck is going to be loaded with. And you're in trouble um, because they're just going to bomb three and four cards every single turn from that point on because they just got off to the right start. There's some issues with draw um, in just a one game solo Archon setup. And then, of course, matchup matters. As I found out at Gen Con, you know, when you're basically control deck versus control deck for six rounds straight, um, you, you're not going to fare probably as well as you want to going that way. I, I tell you, you know, my, mine has been a little bit different. I've been to everything but Seattle. I watched Seattle on stream as much as I could kind of as things were getting posted after or maybe the day after. And I just, I, I fell in love with wanting to be at one. So we had a Schomburg and Adepticon uh, that I went to, and I've been to every other one since Denver, where we talked about last week meeting up, um, you know, the two of us. And both those, I, you know, went day two. So survival's my favorite, probably for the same reason, maybe sealed as yours. Day two kind of makes it a little bit better. So uh, well, yeah, who, I, who, I, who I, doesn't I, like being successful? <laughs> I guess I'm. I guess I'm uh, bound to sealed because I. <laughs> Because I made day two, so I have to say that I like that. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no other option at this point. Those are kind of, I think, our favorite vault tours, um, as is we're talking about. Let's let's get straight into deck of the week, and then we'll, we'll take a break after that and get into our main topic of the night. Our main topic is going to be focused around the OP announcement. We'll talk about Alex's interview, since he's the, the lead of uh, OP. Um, but our deck of the week is uh, one of your decks. We went with one of mine last week. We'll go with one of yours this week. It's the Boundless of Singing Street. Why did you pick the deck? Well, I picked this deck uh, not because it was powerful, but because it was fun. I'd like to throw a little spice on the uh, the deck of the week uh, this week and, and 
we we could easily do a powerful deck and and dissect it and and talk about the good things about it. But every once in a while, you want to throw a deck out there that that's just fun to play. And I, this that's what this deck is for me. It's become one of my favorite decks. I've played it about two dozen times. Uh, and and what I like about it is that I can forge a key without ever generating any amber. Uh, so it's got one redacted in Logos. It's got two epic quests. I only got four knights, but that's okay. There's plenty of archiving in the Logos uh, that allows me to to get other Sanctum cards and double memory chip, a lab work. It also has the binate rupture interdimensional, interdimensional craft combo, the brick combo, uh, for those that are familiar with the acronym, uh, that yeah, well, I can use to get one key, and then I will typically try and end the game with with either a redacted or the double epic quest. It's usually the double epic quest to get the last two keys. Uh, the the dis how the dis the dis suite is kind of nice. Um, it does have three streaks, uh, a dust imp, an onyx knight, which is my only real form of board clear. Standardized testing sometimes works if. If I don't have a board, then I can just clear my opponents. But I, you know, the Sanctum is is decent enough that I usually have something out. So if I if I drop that standardized testing, something something's going to die. For sure, I know. Whenever you sent this over, and I was taking a look at it, the first thing I noticed was, you know, not just because it's on the middle of the page with logos. Um, and those that are following along, we will have the links in the description of the podcast, uh, both to the Dexa Keyforge links and uh, into the the master vault but when i pulled this up on the master vault i i looked straight into the the logos which is the double memory chip lab work is titan librarian i mean you i would just assume when you're playing it that that's probably what you're going for maybe on the mulligan yeah yeah you want to try and get some form of uh archiving right away because I'm going to end up, I mean, chances that I end up with Sanctum in my opening hand is, is pretty, at least one card is pretty good. So if I, if I can get into archiving right away, so like you said, the memory chips, uh, the Titan librarian, uh, the or lab work to get started are, are all, and lab work's just a great start period with, the, with getting the amber and then archiving a card, especially if you're going first because then you get to draw. The try just try and archive as much as I can up front. Save it all for later. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, there's there's so many different forms of uh, of good starts you could get off, especially if you're at you know double street gub yerk. I mean, that's gross. Um, you know, and if you can get into some of this sanctum just to do some of the heavy work, I guess if you have to because you didn't get logos, but it seems like your disc logos are made for trying to mulligan into and get somebody stuck where they're having to answer you and the, the sanctum just kind of creeps up on them as your, uh, archive just grows. That's what yeah. I see. I mean, it looks like it'd be a lot of fun to play. I haven't, I haven't played against you with this one. Uh, I guess we'll have to do that sometime. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll get a game in for this. Yeah, and I'll make sure I bring an EMP blast or something because that's that's a lot, need of, it. <laughs> a lot of facts for sure. Hey, we'll be right back and uh, talk about uh, some OP stuff. Hey, welcome to our main topic of the night. We're going to talk about uh, the OP announcement. We're going to talk about Alex's interview on the Archon's Corner. Once again, I would say just 
uh, the things that I love. I love what Archon's Corner, what Wookie and Big Z are doing over there. I listen to you guys as much as I can, and what the interview was great. Um, some of the things that you know, uh, me and Justin will talk about. Just some of the kind of neat bullet points uh, that we kind of made notes on coming out of it. One of them is, um, I mean, we've already seen what it looks like. Um, if you've been paying attention on any of the KeyForge sites on on Facebook or uh, following them at all on Twitter, the Grand Championship winner, uh, what they get um, with the Grand Champion in the name. And the way that deck front border with the 19 on it, um, all that stuff on it. What do you think, Justin? I thought it was freaking amazing looking. Yeah, I really like that color gradient on the side. I mean, it just gives it that little extra oomph that this is this is a special deck. Uh, and, and then you put, like you said, you've got the, the little logo and the 19 in the corner, which is also on the keys for the, I believe, top 16. Uh, people they get those they get those keys the metal keys and they're a little bit smaller than the actual vault tour ones yeah. which i wouldn't mind I, I like the vault tour keys i like the metal i uh, they're very well made i guess which is a way of, of saying they're they're very hefty i like that they're durable uh, but they are kind of big they t- they take up a lot of play area especially if you're you've got them on your mat so shrinking down the size of the keys i think was a great idea they they look really nice, they, but that deck, yeah. I mean, have your name, grand champion. I I wonder if they ask you, you know, which three houses would you want on this on the on the front of this deck? I, I don't know. I think those questions were asked because the deck was there before the tournament started. It was in a case where people could look at it. The name's already on there, so I think all that the special part about it is that it just says, you know, whatever comma grand champion, but even that name is made up. It's not your name. The houses, it's all a pre-programmed deck. It just, they kind of do all the extra stuff to the card back, which is a little strange since uh, the one thing we know that has to be done, if you're going to play with that deck is to put it in sleeves where you can't see any of that, Uh, (laughs) which is, uh, so maybe you want to save reserve that for some, for your chain bound tournaments and, uh, and throw it in some clear sleeves just to say, hey, look at this. Okay. I say, and I, I totally missed that part. So uh, if it's all still randomly generated, is it a good deck? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, what is in that deck? If, if, I would think if it's a grand champion deck, it's got to have some really good cards in it, really good combos. You would hope. I think, I think it's, uh, it's online somewhere. Um, maybe we can throw a link to it, but you know, we weren't really prepared to talk about that i guess specifically but yeah it's it's out there uh they was scanned into the master vault so at least that's what i i saw some people it, it looked like an okay deck it was nothing special so um, but it wasn't you know i don't think it's a reversal deck you're not going to see it dominating reversal store championships out there uh, one of the other things we saw coming out of the interview was keys in the future will have a use I think we all wondered what uh, those keys were in the vault. He, Alex discussed that originally the you were going to have to have X amount of keys and use them to enter into vault tours. And then they decided against that based on, you know, they would like for people to be able to it'd be more inclusive where people could just walk up and sign up, uh, you know, right there on the spot or in a convention and sealed, even though maybe they didn't even know the game that well. I, I liked his reasoning for not using keys as entry. 
And I think he made some really good points as, as to why they didn't do that. Uh, and and I, I agree, you know, making making them accessible to everyone is important. Now, I think he did allude to the fact he said it maybe without saying it, that those keys will be entries into some kind of special tournaments. And I'm curious at what what those prizes be. I don't know. Maybe it'll be something, you know, something unique. That that would be kind of nice, especially for people like myself that have entirely probably more keys than I know what the heck I'm going to do with them. So, but uh, we also found out what Worlds quarter two next year. It's that's it's going to sneak up on us. What we don't know is we don't know, you know, even the exact month. We do know, you know, obviously quarter two, you know, meaning uh, April, May, June. But we don't even know if it's going to be, you know, in Minnesota. Is it going to be in Europe? Is it going to be somewhere else in the U.S. or North America? You know, Australia, for all we know. We have no idea um, where that wasn't uh, discussed at all. It, well, location's going to play a big part in attendance, you would think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, although I think they did say, uh, what, prime championship winners do get flight? Yeah, yeah. So I guess we got to try for that, especially you, if it's even anywhere, pretty much since you're down in the Southwest, it's a, it's a long ways to everywhere. It's yeah. Any, yeah. Anywhere you go is a long way. I'll, uh, uh, keeping a very close eye, uh, since we know where the primes are for the other, uh, or for Star Wars destiny would have to assume that the Keyforge primes are, are going to be in the same areas or same stores. I would, I would assume that the requirements are the same for for hosting. So, and if that's the case, then I have I have a couple that I might be able to attend that are with with within eight hours of me. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be nice to um, for that destiny list not to be the exact ones of where we can expect because there wasn't one in in Indiana, if I remember correctly, on that list. So, um, I, I would I know we do have a store here locally that did apply for it. Um, so it'd be nice to uh, get that hopefully here. And then obviously traveling once again is centrally located as, as I am lucky enough to be, you know, I'm sure I'll be able to make an attempt at others as well. We also heard about um, adaptive uh, as a finals option so far in the U.S. was a, a Cascade Games decision, not a purposeful decision from Fantasy Flight or Alex. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. It, it gave a little peek behind the curtain that, you know, especially based on the announcement that came the next day, um, that that there was there's definitely flexibility to be had by the people behind the scenes that are actually running it, because uh, that, that's always been a question that everybody that goes to the U.S. vaults or probably the Europe players are wondering as well is why is every vault final in Europe a best two out of three. And every vault final in the U.S. adaptive, um, and uh, Alex uh, said, you know, he was going to be more involved with formatting. He didn't. He wasn't against it, but it definitely wasn't something he probably normally would have recommended, since it's a huge change to whatever the format. He, I think, he said something along the lines of survival should just be survival to the end. Archon should just be Archon. Don't change the format at the very end. Completely different from what else had been going on. What do you think? Well, I, I think if, if you're doing that, an interesting decision to do adaptive in the final. So it just makes me wonder 
if if it's going to be straight like that, you know, it's it, Archon all the way to the end, and then probably best of three, kind of like they do in Europe for their Archon tournaments. If you're going to carry it all the way to the end like that, I, I wonder if we're going to start seeing adaptive tournaments or, vault, or adaptive vault tours. I, I think we all hope so. We all hope that that marathon uh, would happen. We all need to drink our, our Red Bull or Monster for the day if that's going to happen. That's going to be some long tournament first day. Uh, but I think uh, it, it would be the most skill intensive and probably true test of, of uh, you know, knowledge and skill within Keyforge. I think, well, you look at Nova, right? That's sealed adaptive. So I, maybe that's going to be a good judge of, of whether or not that's a format that they look at doing, especially with, with as many people that were in, in Germany for the Grand Championships. Okay, so, you know, the other thing that, that Alex discussed, and he, he alluded to it several times. I, I know when we recorded last week, we were hoping that the press release would come out because you could kind of see something was coming. And I'm, I'm going to let loose a little bit here. I know we've talked about uh, me trying to control my uh, thoughts here maybe a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something had to happen. <clears throat> the press release and the change that was made last Friday, in my opinion, had to be done. I didn't know that that's what he meant. I, I had a feeling something along the lines of changing who's running the North American events was coming based on his comments and just being at, at the vault tours that things at times seem to be getting worse. Um, Gen Con Thursday was the worst day um, in a vault tour that I had had or experienced in the six that I've been to. Um, Denver, Denver was a little rough getting started. The, the venue was a little tight, but but once it got started, it went, you know, and that was one of the earlier ones. And and to, and to have something delayed on the first day where it didn't seem like anything was tested, you know, with, with to me, not really a, acceptable after you've had that much practice at it and that many attempts at it. But maybe that's a little harsh. Maybe I'm being a little mean about it, but I think something had to happen. And uh, I'm I look forward to maybe, you know, what, what we're going to see or at least what I'm going to see uh, here in a couple of weeks in St. Louis. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a, a curious decision. I, it was an interesting decision to me to to hear that. And I didn't I didn't listen to I didn't get a chance to listen to Alex's interview until after this had already come out. Um, and I think you mentioned already that Alex's interview he was dropping hints after hint after hint that something was going to happen and. And so going back and listening to it afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what this means. That that's what this means. And the move from Cascade to Yeti is is uh, an interesting move. I wonder if there was just I don't know. I for those sorts of things, I like to know. I'd like to be a fly on the wall for some of those decisions and why why those decisions were made. I, yeah, for sure. I I, I think Denver was. Uh, we got off to a bad start. We got off to a bad start Thursday at Gen Con. And it was all technology issues. And I don't know, you know, is, are those same technology issues because it's it's FFG stuff going to be present with Yeti? Are they going to be a little better equipped? And I, I we I talked to you about this before a little bit off offline uh, about uh, I had a chance to meet with Dave Duncan and and he just happened to be talking with James, but I had come into the conversation kind of late. And some of the things that he was saying 
all made sense. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's with Yeti Gaming. And so he was there to kind of observe the last fall tour and, and see how things went with my tinfoil hat on that the whole, you know, getting three decks, putting your name in the three decks on the slip of paper and then putting them back in the bag and giving them back to be redistributed was a, a test to see how that would work for Yeti. And, and it, we, we didn't really delve into it, but too deep. But I, you know, we, we did say didn't really make sense. It wasn't a really great decision. So I hope that we don't see that again for sealed that, you know, there was enough feedback that they decide not to do that again. Uh, I'm really interested to see how things run with Yeti. I mean, they've definitely got some events announced, which was one of the best things about the, the press release on Friday last week. We've, We've got four more vault tours in North America announced, um, including Collinsville, Illinois. A lot of people are calling it the St. Louis vault tour because it's, you know, just uh, about 15 minutes outside of St. Louis uh, to the east in Illinois. September 6th through the 8th, we've got Vegas at the first weekend in October. We've got Richmond 18th through the 20th of October. And then we have uh, Albany, New York uh, in January. Um, that one um, obviously, Worlds Collide will be out by then. What are your thoughts on some of these uh, these upcoming ones? So, so looking at the the formats, Collinsville is is going to be just single Archon, so basically a repeat of Gen Con's second fall tour. Um, and then you know, we talked a little bit earlier, so you know my thoughts on that one. Uh, Vegas is going to be a triad, which is interesting because. The reason they swapped in Denver from survival or triad to survival was because the gem software couldn't handle it. And so now they've got Las Vegas listed as triad. So I'm assuming that that whatever issue they had with gem has been fixed. So I'm looking forward to, to trying out triad in Vegas. I, I do plan on attending that one. And then Richmond is going to be sealed. Uh, we don't have a format for Albany probably because as as you mentioned, Neil, the Worlds Collide is going to be out, but I wouldn't be surprised since it's the first Vault Tour after Worlds Collide, probably be sealed would be my guess, or maybe they do something cool like sealed survival. I don't know. Yeah, you'd, you'd think maybe there's going to be one in November that maybe they don't have ironed out yet since November's release for Worlds Collide. Maybe there's one going to be there. I know there's rumors of... Um, uh, PAX Unplugged, I think it's called, that's in Philadelphia, being a possible target. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I know there was just rumors floating around the Gen Con floor about that one. So, um, Well, to that point, I also want to commend Yeti for not tying vault tours to specific cons or events. Not not that they, that they are bad, but having these, I think, outside of cons or, or uh, you know, gaming type events allows for, it just opens the door for more locations for Vault Tours, which, which I think is great. For sure. You know, I'm looking forward, I think, from the key chargers, we're going to have six, seven, eight people um, in St. Louis, maybe more. I think a couple of people still trying to decide if they can swing that. Uh, I know as key chargers, we're at least going to have three in Vegas, because I know you're going, um, myself and my son are also headed that way. Uh, it's going to be fun, and I can't wait for Triad. Go ahead and uh, cut one more uh, small break here, and then we'll be back to uh, wrap up the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
All right, welcome back to the last segment of the night. This is where we talk about local results, if applicable, Mr. Justin. And <laughs> and uh, what we're going to be looking at into next week. Got a little bit of results from this last week. Uh, I know I, I don't think you ended up with uh, any event uh, that, that you had. Am I correct? Right, yeah. Nope, uh, that is sealed this weekend. So I will have something to report on next time. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that was in the Alex interview was that they were talking about how you could, he pulled up pretty much on the back end, I guess, and told Big Z how many tournaments he had played in. Um, so, you know, I know me and you talking back and forth through the week, we were just kind of curious on how many events uh, we had played in. I had a feeling I would rival Z's number a little bit, and we thought about it, and you can just go and take, so if anybody wants to do this, I did it right before we started recording tonight. You can go into your profile, go into your transactions, and you can look at every event and what when they've been deposited in, into your thing. It's not going to tell you, you know, any casual tournaments or non-chain bound or non-vault tour tournaments that you may have played in uh, that were not loaded in the app, but it will tell you all of them that you have. And and uh, <laughs> I don't know what uh, you know, Justin. I know you're going to look up your number. At some point, but I, I came into um, as of the end of this week, I'm at 66 as of recording time uh, that I've played in, which is um, probably at least 36 more than my wife would like me to. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's probably like 11 times more than <laughs> I, I might be able to count mine on one hand. Yeah, a little bit, little bit different places that we live, and we talked about that last week. Um, just uh, being able to fire—I um, mean, I can go to four plus a week. Um, but I—and and speaking of four plus a week, I have done four since last week when we recorded. Um, I did play on Saturday last week, the night after we recorded, and I did um, get my Sanctum mat, uh, the the bulwark mat from the Sanctum kit. So um, that was great up there playing with Muncie finished second in the top two, you know, got their choice of prizes and there's two mats in the kit. So that was pretty awesome. Other than that, a pretty, uh, a pretty laid back week. I decided not to play with anything from Coda and I decided to even hold back my top two or three AOA decks and just kind of try to discover other things within my, within my collection. And, um, and it went about like you would expect barely over 500. <laughs> so that's not that's not to say that AOA is not better than Coda. Hey, uh, real quick, I, I don't have anything else to talk about. I think uh, what are we looking forward to next week? So next week we've got uh, Chris, your son, coming on to talk about the Sorion House faction, the the new one coming up in Worlds Collide. So there's a lot of discussion I think, to to be had around that. So uh, tune in for that, and that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know of anybody more excited for Worlds Collide than my son. Uh, it's pretty much all he talks about when we're going to or from a tournament. Um, if those of you who don't know, uh, we'll talk to him next week. He is top 16 at Origins. Um, he also day two at Adepticon. Um, he's a, a fantastic player. And although most people in person think he's about 14 years old, because he looks it, um, he's actually older than that, and and actually a legal adult. It's it's amazing, because he doesn't look that way. Yeah. <laughs> when you say legal adult, and I think about it, I, I'm having a tough time putting the two together. But 
sure. Yeah, that doesn't sound the best. Um, we're uh, we're about out of time here. Uh, done recording for the night. And uh, by the way, we we now are we're, we're, we've gained some officialness. We actually decided to go ahead and make a Gmail account. Um, that's real tough. If you want to reach us uh, via email, um, you can get a hold of us in the links below. It's thekeychargers at gmail.com. We are also able to be listened to on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcast, and Pocket Cast. Um, Anchor, I'm sure, at least I hope, is working on iTunes and the podcast there. Um, that's the one hopefully we get um, in the next week or so. But uh, until next week, go forge some keys. Take it easy.